0: Welcome to Stuck in Development, the podcast where two media strategy nerds dissect what's developing in the world of entertainment. I'm your host, Carl, and with me as always is my co-host, Aton. Hey, Aton. Hey, Carl. If you can notice, I'm awkwardly holding my hands and body very still because I bought a new desk and it has metal on it it's kind of creaky and I'm leaning on it and I really don't <laughs> want to let up because it's probably going to creep, Carl. Right, let's see if it does it.
1: Nope, it didn't. Oh, we're good. Very good you don't have to be the drama so much tension. for all of the episodes.
0: <laughs> I got an amazing deal on this desk. So those everyone has heard that I'm moving. Uh, I have a true, true, a true space for an office now. So I needed a, another desk besides Alex's desk. I looked around at Ikea being kind of the floor of, okay, I'll spend like 150 bucks on a desk that doesn't last. Forever. Sure. Uh, looked at some nice vintage stores. Um, Didn't need to buy a teak desk right now in my life, uh, especially with a small space. But ultimately... (laughs) That's right now.
1: Soon. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Ultimately, there's nothing that I really liked in the sub $400 range, and I didn't want to spend that much on a desk. So I went to the University of Texas surplus store, where they take all of their old furniture, UT Longhorns shirts lamps, books, lab equipment, everything. They take it and send it to a warehouse, and it's right next to my office. And I got a full like old library desk. I mean, I'll show it to you. It's a hideous mess, but it is just like a basic laminate wood desk, rubber bumper, you know. Yeah. I got that. I got got a and like an old leather and metal chair for 48 bucks all in. It was great. 48, very specific. If you live in the Austin area, go to the UT Surplus Store. If you don't, I guess other colleges might have this too, but it felt like such a a life hack.
1: Did you know about these places because you know that a place like that exists for Disney theme parks?
0: No, I I did know that it exists for Disney theme parks. Um, I actually was looking for... I know in the early days of the pandemic, a lot of people got really nice office equipment because... People were closing their offices and auctioning it like um, like Vince got a like an actual Aeron chair for like 150 bucks pretty new. So I was sure. wondering if there were startup dead startup auctions or something, you know, SVB bank failure means people have to get some cash somehow. There were, not but I found this. Do you want to talk about I forget what's the name of the special Disney store? It has a cool name.
1: I think it's changed a couple of times. I think when I went with Ariel in Orlando, it's called Cast Connection. But for a long time, I think it was like within this place called Property Control. And I feel like That's Property Control sounds of. cooler. Yeah, I think it's... I think Cast Connections is the official name. But yeah, Property Control is cooler. Hmm.
0: Property Control sounds like something the two companies at the center of our main topic.
1: Um, this I was going to cool. say also... they intellectual property. <laughs> Also, two companies that really embody, I think, right now, the name of the podcast. They're really stuck in yeah. development.
0: Everyone's pretty stuck in development. Um, yep. I, I, You know, we're going to do... We can pepper wells in throughout this episode because I was about to talk about how I saw Speed Racer last night. I think I mentioned I was going to see it last week. And Warner Brothers pictures flashes up. It's, I, I know why Warner Brothers funded this movie. But in hindsight, I cannot believe Warner Brothers funded this movie. Mm -hmm. It's such a, you know, today it would just be a tax write-off, you know?
1: (laughs) It was, uh, was it a full house?
0: It was a full house, yeah. It was one of the livest crowds I've ever had in a screening.
1: It was, the energy
0: was closest to when I saw Cats last summer. Okay. There weren't like people singing along, but people were legitimately cheering at ridiculous moments. Like whenever um, one of the racers does a flip in their car while another car is flipping and they punch the other driver in the face. Yes, you know?
1: yes, yes, yes. Great yes. moment.
0: I will say we're not really a family podcast, but I'm going to make a crude comparison here, which was the finale of the movie whenever... Speed starts his car again and it feels like he's not going to be able to win the big race. He starts it and then ends up in a final showdown. And it just there's this 30 seconds of of glory where Speed and then to to ram two cars together while like flipping on a track. Um, everything kind of turned into like yo yoing abstract animation. He's yo yoing back and forth. There's all these quick cuts to everyone cheering in unison about how excited they are. And then he basically gets in, stuck into a vortex of a finish line flag that swirls around him. And then the camera like kind of, it's just, just 30 seconds of digital mania. Like I've just unsurpassed bizarro digital stuff, like really cool, like really well done. Um, and I think that was the closest thing to a collective orgasm I've ever seen a like audience have <laughs> in a theater just everyone cheering and just being so excited and then like just kind of everyone just like holding their breath and just calming down as like the, the scene is coming to a close. Just it was v- a very strangely high energy scene to see with a crowd for what is a kids movie that was only attended by I think a 20 year olds and guys in their 30s that are seeing it alone. So I was one of them.
1: Sure. Oh, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's exciting. It was good. I had a yeah before going going to the superhero world. I I went to see John Wick four. Yeah. Uh First, let me start also with the viewing experience because, as I mentioned last week, I went to see it in the only screening in all of Boston that had subtitles in English. Mm-hmm. It was at ten thirty in the morning. Didn't have trailers in front of it. So I arrived 10 minutes late. And I just don't understand, like, it's so... Sometimes I understand with, like, the Fathom events or some of these... This was playing at an AMC. He right. was John Wick 4. subtitle screen here?
0: That's so I, thi-
1: I think so. It's the only reason I could think. And... But anyway, it's not like, you know, I missed a lot of uh, plot. It's so fun. Carl, it's so fun. I also rewatched the first three last week in advance of this. Mm-hmm. This one is by far the longest. By like forty-five minutes longer. Wow. But instead of like it has I think 16 different action sequences that are like at least seven minutes each. Mm-hmm. But it truly feels like so it still has like a ton of a ton of um action. But they let the conversations with the characters linger. For like an extra thirty seconds, or they they pan to him watching something for an extra twenty seconds, and it truly—I'm really, not a wine person—but it feels like wine breathing. Yeah, like it's very, it's very good. It's very—I like—I. They introduce a ton of new characters that at first when I read it, I was like, ah, oh, is gonna feel a little weird. These are new characters. What is the backstory? And everyone makes a ton of sense. They get the stakes. You understand the relationship. I was reading somewhere that Keanu Reeves has 380 words that he says in this movie. What do you think is the over-under? I don't have this number. But is the opening scene in the social network more than 380 words? Probably.
0: Almost definitely. I was thinking, what it reminds me of is uh, Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins having very little screen time but making such a big impact. But... He has a lot of words to chew through in every scene he's in in that movie. Whereas Wick is fully within this movie. I'm assuming that he's the one in the seven-minute action sequences,
1: right? Most of the time he is. He doesn't do, of course, the crazy stuff. But 380 words, he apparently was paid $15 million. That's around $35,000 per word. And apparently, like, 35% of his lines are one word long. He has many... Yeah. Amazing. No. Yeah. I'm gonna need a gun. And he does this thing where he talks like this. But it's, it's so good. It's so fun. There are truly some action sequences that you're like... I'm getting tired of fight of seeing them do this. Like, this is insane. But it's, it's so much fun, the changing scenery. There is this awesome sequence in a hotel in Osaka in Japan with samurais. There is another one in, like, the stairs to Sacré-Cœur in Paris... there is there is one in like in this abandoned house with like an awesome spider cam you feel like you're in the video game uh there is one they love john wick loves killing people in uh like clubs like dancing clubs and it's um, like i think at the beginning it was kind of a joke and in the first two that how he was such a good shooter that he could shoot someone where he was surrounded by people and still just hit whoever he wanted to shoot no. But now I think they're leaning into the joke that he's killing hundreds of people. And the people around him are just dancing as if nothing is happening. So it feels like they're leaning into the word. But like the lights is the lighting is great. Honestly, dude, the cinematography the cinematography is fun. It was just a great, great movie. And I go I wanna go watch it again, I was telling Arnie I love you. because I wanna see it with more people. And hundred and fifty million dollars opening weekend worldwide seventy eight or something in the u s alone is one of those weird um movies that every movie makes more money. it keeps getting better and better and it's not slowing down uh I really hope you catch it on theaters, and I do think unfortunately it's one where the lore does build on like the lore is not perfect. You don't go to see this movie because the story makes a ton of sense. But there are a couple of things, like the high table or the families that having a little bit of history with them, I think do like make it better, you savor it more. Um mm-hmm. But just hoping hoping you can catch this one in theaters. If you, you have do you still have Peacock, you said? I do, yeah. The first three are there, so if you need I something will... to watch in your laptop.
0: Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Is I really want to watch those not on my laptop but on my TV. So, yeah. All right, I'll figure something out. Um, I mean, you with John Wick. Having not seen John Wick, the director and kind of visionary behind the whole thing is the stunt coordinator for the Wachowskis. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Director was, of the
1: second the, unit of Civil War. I think that was like his first. Uh, like, interesting. Cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But coordinator. the he also did
0: some stuff with Birds of Prey too, which I really like. So
1: was he? he yeah. Was he the stunt coordinator for Speed Racer?
0: Uh, let's look. He sure no, was. But... He was the supervising stunt coordinator, so he's the big boss. There you he go. He also he was also key on his stunt double in The Matrix.
1: Originally. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, no yeah but it's super fun and now they're expanding the lore there is a, a maybe this is the first one you're going to see there is a side movie how is it called a spin off it's called ballerina starring Ana de Armas coming uh, in the same world part of like his is she, family
0: is she in the third one
1: She's she hasn't been in any of them okay
0: well, I mean, after her 10 minutes in Bond, I will definitely be excited to see her in an action film.
1: That is one of the best action performances I've one. seen in forever. Yeah, Halle Berry's in the third one. That's just great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, yeah let's I think John Wick, the, is so, the... John Wick is always fun. And I think especially now that we're going to talk about comics, because it's... I mean, it's not the antithesis now because it's in the fourth movie in nine years. But it is, at the end of the day, the IP. And they're developing as they go. It's original. They're expanding it based on nothing. And, you know, it's not going to make a billion dollars. Like, what, 80% of Marvel movies have done or whatever? But it's uh super cool. It's this the... The crown jewel of Lionsgate, I guess, since Pita's Pita's Bakery and whatever stuff they were doing with Hunger Games, but yeah, hoping hoping you catch it in, in theaters. Uh,
0: Peter's Bakery, one of the truly saddest things that ever come to come to pass. <laughs> My segue about this was just going to be comparing it to how poorly Shazam is doing, or sorry, Shazam to Fury of of the Gods. gods. Fury of the Gods, yeah. That would be my guess, okay? (laughs) Something of the Gods is a better name. Something of the Gods, yeah. Right now it is sitting at 47 million gross domestically so far, three weeks in.
1: Three weeks. Not
0: not great. Um, So you're telling me that you opted to not see a family movie? Did you see that Zachary Levi, uh, video?
1: Is that what he said?
0: Yeah, there was a video of him looking very stressed out, begging people to go see Shazam because it's a family movie and he loves Keanu and John Wick, but it's not a family movie. It didn't really work.
1: I see some TikToks of him complaining about The Rock, not wanting to be in Shazam or something.
0: Okay. So i let's, let's talk about DC first. Okay. Um, My goal with us doing this segment is for us to chart a path forward for two studios facing crises that are very much tied to personas working for them as well. Okay. Let's start on DC. We'll go to Marvel. Uh, The Marvel situation is still developing, but I think it's interesting to talk about what happens as a crisis response. But let's talk about DC first. So where we're sitting with DC, all right? You have but well, what are the movies that came out last year? You have The Batman, which is a standalone franchise. Nothing to do with yes. the rest of the DC universe. You have Batgirl, does not exist legally, so that was tanked. You have Black Adam, which is Technically, in continuity with the DC EU, aka, i.e., the Snyder. Zack Snyder, whatever, yeah, right. Zack Snyder plus James Wan, slash pet. So, like, what do you think of when you think of DC? Joker is currently filming uh Joker Folio du right now, so uh, that will be a another separate item that has nothing to do with any of these franchises yep Shazam is still in technical continuity with Black Adam and the DCEU but is also trying to be a standalone thing. You have the flash movie with Ezra Miller coming out this year as well as the new Aquaman. The flash movie is in continuity with the DCEU and the Keaton Batmans maybe unclear doesn't look like difference yeah yeah so what I'm painting here is a picture in which there is a lot of disconnected stuff. That's all technically in some form of a shared universe. You also have James Gunn running the show now, who his The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are also kind of related to everything. So there is so much confusion. We talk about this all the time with DC because it is its greatest strength in that it can create a lot of interesting IP and interesting ideas and in films, but also has a horrific hit rate as well. But yeah. that said... I feel like we're at this inflection point for DC where Shazam should have been a layup, right? Like, the first one was pretty well-liked. Pretty much, like, everyone has a a positive reaction to it. Um, I know Zachary Levi had some anti-vaxxer tweet stuff recently, but that seemed to have quieted down. But really what happened here is all coming
1: down to one man,
0: apparently, and it's Dwayne Johnson. So you don't know any of of what's going on here with the drama?
1: All I know is what I've mentioned that apparently he, he, I mean, as part of Black Adam, the. What was it? The energy is about to shift or the universe was. He, he had this line oh, yeah, of yeah, how. Yeah. The, I mean, whatever. I mean,
0: that's what stuff started. That's what the energy of the universe started shifting with Warner here, right? Because. Oh, yeah. The Rocks. Do you follow The Rock closely on any social media?
1: I don't I'm either. I try to avoid face. him. Yeah.
0: I mean. His whole vibe is, you know how it's really cool that George Clooney has a tequila brand that he sold for a billion dollars and he's just like a
1: cool dude. Tres Amigos?
0: It's Casa Amigos, not Tres Amigos.
1: Casa Amigos, whatever. Terrible. (laughs) Yes. Um, Don't you speak Spanish? Come on. I (laughs) mean, that doesn't mean I know the name of brands. Casa Amigos, it doesn't even mean anything. It's like, it's friend, it's not friend's house, yeah. It's,
0: It's also basically flavored tequila.
1: It tastes good, but it's...
0: It's not what you want when you want a good tequila. That said, Casamigos is cool. What's not cool is whatever Dwayne Johnson's tequila brand is, that he's always hyping in every single video with also his like post-workout meals and any inspirational grifts he's thought of that week. Like, his Instagram presence and Twitter presence are... They're not like Kanye or Trump where they're actually kind of... Actually... Detached from reality. This is just very hustly and very grind set. And it's something that it's not energy I really want in my life. Um, but anyway, he is very much of the mindset of if I think something, I can make it happen, right? Very discreet. Sure. And that is what he tried to do with the DC franchise, where Black Adam is a Shazam villain in the comics. I did not know that. Did you?
1: I think I knew he was like a... Yeah. Anti-hero. Yeah. Something. My
0: my bench on... um, I, I cannot really name the bench of characters deep into DC beyond Batman, honestly. Or some like, franchises here and there. But apparently he's a DC villain associated with Shazam. He refused to be a part of the Shazam sequel. Also they were some, the DCEU was trying to set up a con- big conflict with Shazam and Black Adam, which Dwayne Johnson vetoed and it did not happen. there's no overlapping continuity here. and instead Dwayne Johnson, Was trying to engineer a Superman cameo so that he could be Superman's next big villain with and with Henry Cavill. Except Cavill didn't have a contract. He still doesn't have a contract. He's not planning to play Superman again. But he was trying to get a cameo with him in there to set up that he's Superman's villain instead. So Dwayne Johnson was trying to rewrite like comic book continuity, which is fine. Who cares? I don't care about that. Sure. But for his own to trump up his own brand of. I'm Dwayne Johnson, the coolest guy in the world. Look at me, I fight Superman. And that just created all this chaos with Shazam's production that meant that they were constantly writing in and out around this guy who might or may not be in this movie, and they may or may not be trying to set up this franchise or a future franchise or just kill the franchise. And it just created an utter disaster behind the scenes. Wow.
1: Yeah. I... Should they that just like blow your, it up? Uh, oh. I know. <laughs> I feel like they should just have to blow it up. I do too. It seems like sorry? I do too. Yeah, because it's like either leaning into the thing that is like we're gonna have different types of movies that are not gonna be connected and we need to be okay with that, like The Joker and Folia Du. and Batman apparently. Yeah. No. Because that's supposed to be a different one. And then, yeah, just be like, yeah, Flash is going to go on its own thing, and Batman is going to go on its own thing, and for we're not going to have the Avengers that are going to connect. Or, say, rip the band soon, until everyone, we're starting over. Yeah. We're taking four years off.
0: Wouldn't it be great if Hollywood just did that across the board? One would think COVID would have done that, but <laughs> instead everything just got compressed and probably put us in this position where we're all burned out on these franchises. <laughs>
1: Or even do whatever... the, I mean, do the Marvel thing they're doing with Flash and say, yeah, he messed with the Time verse melt- right. Ocean and everyone is dead now and we're going to start new stories. If you're James Gunn and the other guy that I don't remember his name, that feels like you don't have anything that is incredible.
0: I have an a idea for... Gunnar Weidenfels, the CFO of Warner Discovery, had to look that one up. He could just kill all of these things and get another tax
1: rate. (laughs) Truly, yeah. But I mean, I guess part of them is like, well, Joker won a couple of Oscars. But Lady Gaga, sure, that's going to finish. We have three Supermans, sorry, three Batmans in the last three years. Well, if you include the Flash. Ben Affleck, uh, Keaton, and Pattinson we have the Flash which is a mess for so many reasons and we have Aquaman that the first Aquaman didn't really do Eh. Wonder Woman is basically considered third one is not happening so read the band-aid I agree I think
0: I think you keep Joker and Batman just they're already separate I think they already have separate brand identities They are both very well regarded in especially Joker in certain circles more than others, but still very well regarded. Keep that around. Um, James Gunn has already announced a Superman project that he's playing pretty straight, not playing pretty James Gunn. Cool. Keep that on the table. Use that as a, as a hard reset. Um, Kill everything else. The um, Greg Berlansky CW verse coming to an end or already did. So you don't even have to worry about that in continuity with anything. Just, Wipe it clean, start over. If you want to have Jason Momoa or Margot Robbie come in and reprise a character, that's fine. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares about the continuity between all this stuff. Like, we are so post-post-post-franchise at this point with everything that it's totally fine if somebody steps in and plays a different version of a role. I don't think anybody would care about that. You'll need to explain it. Sure. But I think, yeah, you just yeah. hard reset, keep the things that work, go from there.
1: Yeah, and I wish they should do it sooner. Because the Joker and the Batman are not connected. Not yet. That's... They are not, and also Barry
0: Keoghan playing the Joker and the Batman. So oh, it's right. a different thing. Wasn't he the Joker? No, Paul Dano was the Riddler. But oh. they, they, like... That's who Paul Dano is, like, talking to. You can't see that it's Barry Keoghan, but it's Barry Keoghan. Apparently, they shot a longer scene with him. Also, look at me pronouncing his name correctly. Thank you, Oscars.
1: Got it. Uh, uh, Barry Keoghan is the one I confused with Ezra Miller. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I feel like they when Ezra Miller is playing a more normal person they are often playing a role that Barry Keoghan could also play. Okay. So Got it. I think it's a fair call.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Seems like a mess. Seems like a mess. Yeah.
0: I just, it's hard to look at this week and not be like, wow, we should just really pull the plug on superheroes for a second. not, I'm not talking about like, they're bad, aren't we don't need to make superhero movies, I'm <laughs> not saying that, I'm just saying, You're just saying it. it's okay. something is kind of rotten in the state of Hollywood with respect to all this stuff is not making money because everyone has decided, oh, it's tried and true, but this feels just like, I don't know, Disney in its flop era at the end of the 2000s when they're like making, uh, well, if we give Jerry Bruckheimer and Gore Vervinsky another $200 million, they're going to make a, a, an adult franchise, right? And they didn't, right? We're just at this point where too big for their britches, too big to fail, and guess what? They're failing. Um, But DC, through their own faults, more than I think market pressures or strategy beyond markets.
1: Strategy beyond markets, well done. Yeah, I'll take more of John Wick's. All right, let's let's dive into the
0: the Marvel response for a second. So, the what I was obliquely referencing earlier is Jonathan Majors was arrested um, with charges of assault and I believe battery. I want to get that wrong, so we don't get uh, in trouble. Strangling, assault, and harassment. Um, he ended up not being charged with strangulation. So with that, other things have come out from the Yale and New York theater community about him not being a very good dude for the last decade or so. So lots of accusations, things flying around, but what a deflation of somebody that we were talking about excitedly two weeks ago. Cannot believe how quickly his star imploded. It's awful.
1: Yeah, and also... It's not awful for him.
0: It's just awful. Oh no,
1: yeah, yeah. And also the the what a job the PR teams did for this to come out two weeks after, well, like a month after Ant Man and three weeks after Creed three. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it sounds people
1: being quiet just because
0: he had a lot of power in Hollywood and was was getting a lot of it, and just the the arrest really just threw it over the top, but. Yeah, it is it's wild that there weren't rumblings of this more publicly before this kind of one two bunch of creed punch of Creed and Ant Man coming out.
1: Yeah. Like who? he became a proper A lister last month. Sure. Who 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 do you think should play Kang? I think it's pretty easy there. change, right? Like oh he got mis- dis- disfigured, whatever, we have a new actor. Hell, Marvel did it with don't chill.
0: Yeah, I mean, also, Josh Brolin wasn't playing Thanos in the, the first appearance of Thanos, either. Uh, well, that... Yeah, song,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Right? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, him appearing in a post-credit scene versus being a, an antagonist of a movie something. I mean, that's what I wanted to talk about, is with how disappointing Ant-Man was, how little goodwill there seems to be culturally for Marvel compared to Infinity War era, or even post-Endgame era, we are now in this position where things aren't working, the revenues are sharply declining, people aren't turning up for the the surefire winner in theaters like they used to, even though they're turning up for Top Gun or John Wick or things that are actually original, new, and filled with spectacle. So, do we just if you're Disney, do you just call it quits right now and reboot the thing? That's what I would do. Uh, I, I They all get sucked into another multiverse and start from not scratch. You don't need to do Origins stories again, but I think I think I would be trying to simplify it and not grow it right
1: now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's you have to go back to the human stories with significantly lower stakes. Right. Not every movie can be the most important thing that's happened to the universe and the multiverse forever. Uh, before moving into that that, I just wanted to ask you more very specifically what do you do what do you do with Kang I have two actors that I was going to propose and that while I was prepping to tell you what they've been you're going to know them I think now neither of them can play Kang they will have to uh, they will have to come up with something so the first one so that you can think about two others is Shamir Anderson I don't know if you're familiar with him, okay. but he plays, I have recently biased because I just saw him on Junk Week 4. He plays okay. uh, this character called Mr. Nobody or The Tracker. He has a great on-screen presence and he's very, you get in his eyes like something perverse. Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. I was doing research. Turns out he's in Captain Marvel 2 coming out later Funny. this year okay. as Blue Marvel. The second one, which might be one that you're going to think about as well, is Yay Abdul-Mateen II. Yep. I think he would be amazing. But he not only has a connection with, uh, you know, he was in, in uh, Watchmen, but mm-hmm. he is Black Manta in Aquaman, including he's the main villain in the upcoming Aquaman. So he's he's going to be in both Marvel and DC. Both of them are going to be, well... The two of them are going to appear in movies by DC and Marvel, respectively, by the end of this year. (laughs) So, uh, not great.
0: Yeah. Um, So, in terms of thinking about black actors that are at the same scale of career as Jonathan Majors was going into this, in terms of just being kind of at this, having this critical darling, being cast in a lot of things all at once. The only person I think who is being positioned in that way right now that you haven't mentioned is John David Washington, and I think he's a terrific snooze as an actor. So, sure, don't want to cast him in that, but maybe he'd be fitting for that movie. I, I, I don't know. While take from my perspective, William Jackson Harper. Okay, Do you know who that is? It's no. uh, cheaty from The Good Place.
1: Oh, he! You even watch Ant Man? He is in Ant Man.
0: Is an Ant-Man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> he lives they in the quantum realm. We, we can't figure out how to get this.
0: They already took all the characters we're thinking about. <laughs> anyway, he would be great. So, never
1: mind. <laughs> never mind. But, yeah. He's literally in Ant-Man. He is in-screen with uh, Jonathan Majors. Well, I don't know if they're in a the scene together. Maybe not. But, yeah. Incredible. So you just go for an unknown. I
0: mean, Majors was not a major actor before this year in terms of people knowing him.
1: So No pun intended. Sure. Yeah.
0: And it's not going to be a major one anytime soon, it sounds like. So find an unknown. That's what my advice would be. And, and or just reboot the whole damn thing. That's my real
1: advice. Yeah, I think go to simple. I mean, we say this and then Guardians of the Galaxy is going to make a billion and a half. Yeah, you're right. It will. And then uh, James Gunn will be done with it. <laughs> and then he'll be apparently done. they released
0: oh. a, a trailer that was unfinished yesterday. Did you see that? It, no, it got taken down. Uh, they apparently accidentally published the trailer, and it was like had so a lot of green screen in it that was unfinished.
1: Oh, I thought I thought their last trailer was already out, but I guess not. It comes out in like a month, no month and a half. What a downer.
0: Yeah, what a weird episode. Let's talk about
1: it. The only other thing we had on our
0: list was Twitter, and that's going to be an even more downer. So let's not talk about that.
1: I have something okay. fun.
0: Let's talk about something fun.
1: It's kind of breaking news today, I guess. Did you see that AMC's stock spiked by 15% because there are rumors that Amazon is looking for a deal?
0: To acquire AMC? Yes. Interesting.
1: It was like very very rumor, so there wasn't a lot of details of if it's like a complete takeover, if it's a distribution deal. Especially at the hill, so you probably saw that Apple is planning to spend ten billion dollars in producing and marketing movies for theaters. Yep. Our movie, our movie, Killers of the Flower Moon finally got a date. It's coming out in October. It's very exciting. Um. So yeah. the, they're going to have an uphill battle this year with.
0: They have Napoleon, they have Killers of the Flower Moon, and they have one other major, major... Napoleon
1: East Apple? Oscar play. Yeah. Ridley Scott. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joaquin
0: Phoenix, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's... And Vanessa Kirby is playing Josephine. Um, There's another huge major movie coming out this year. That they're funding as well, and I cannot remember what it is. So it's going to be, oh, probably just Air. I'm. A, that's what I'm thinking of. Is Air is probably going to be a. No, Air's oh, not them. That's not I Apple. No, that's not
1: Apple. But Air looks good. What I'm am excited. I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, Air looks like it's going to make a lot of money just from being exactly what you want to be.
1: Affleck directive, Matt Damon, give me, yeah. The. Yeah, but the good run, I mean, that's a that's a fun thing, right? The run continues of mo- good movies coming out. Like, I think April has Air, Mario Brothers. Um, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is the first week of, of May. So I guess that doesn't count. But we also have, um, let's see, what do we have here? Dungeons and Dragons. Not super exciting, but that is coming out. And then next week, April 7th, yeah, already Super Mario Brothers and Air. Oh, man, that's a fun weekend. It's
0: going to be a good weekend. I truly cannot think of what I was thinking of with this, so I'm going to stop trying to Google to, to figure that's it okay.
1: out. That's okay. Are you going to do one of those? Isn't one of the Fridays in July one where you could do a double dip of... Oppenheimer and Barbie. Oh, yeah. And they come yeah, out yeah, the yeah. same day. They come out the same day, which... Are not both of them Warner Brothers movies? No. Remember oh, Nolan's Nolan moves to Universal. Yes. Yeah. yes.
0: Yes. So yes. I, I can't decide who's messing with who, if it's Nolan messing with... I mean, I think Universal announced first, and Warner announced second for Barbie. So... Sure. Maybe it's... it's I mean, it seems like... I guess in reality, it's good counter-programming, right? Like the audience of normal people that are going to see Oppenheimer and the normal people that are going to see Barbie is probably not a circle in terms of a a Venn diagram. But that said, every movie person I know that loves movies, it's a pretty much perfect circle as to (laughs) which one they're more excited about.
1: Yeah, I guess pretty quickly before we finish, what would you watch if you could only watch one? What would you watch first? Yeah. I'm assuming you're going to go see both. Yeah.
0: Um, it will depend on the buzz around Barbie. If it has just the biggest hype coming into it, like like opening week at the Lego movie hype, right? Where it's like, you have to see this. Like It is beyond what you think it will be, like great word of mouth. It's like, okay, maybe I see it first. seems like a good, fun Friday night movie. That said, I Interstellar and Dunkirk are two of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. I think Dunkirk is among the best movies made in the last 10 years. And this seems to be very much Nolan thinking and working at a big scale in terms of just making a weird nerdy movie for himself as opposed to a weird unintelligible action movie for himself. So I'm excited to see that. The trailer looks great. Killian looks amazing. Whittem and Whittem is cinematography. And the effects look awesome. And I think it's interesting emotional territory. So I think it'll be a potentially a great movie for adults that's challenging and three hours and really big and loud. So it sounds more my speed than what Barbie I imagine will be. But there's a chance that Barbie's the better movie. So. Yeah. Probably see Oppenheimer first, is what I'm saying. Okay. And I'm probably not doing a double feature of however long Oppenheimer is and Barbie in the same
1: time. It's it's tempting, though. Let me just... I I talked about this in my hot take for the year, but let me me remind you what is coming out this summer. I'm going to skip April. Yes. The Little Mermaid, which looks awful, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Indiana Jones of the Dials of Destiny, uh, Joyride, which looks great. Elemental, The Flash, Transformers: Rise of the Beetle, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Marvels, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Mission: Impossible. That is just late late May, June, and July.
0: I cannot wait. To... I maybe I'll switch over to the AMC Pass this summer just so I can see things in IMAX. Got to see Mission: Impossible and Oppenheimer as big as I can
1: wow very exciting i'm very excited for air next week i'm gonna wear my Airs, uh, i guess yeah (laughs) i'm so conflicted
0: about let's talk about one more thing real quick which is this weird slate of business movies that we have (laughs) right like we have air we have blackberry we have tetris a little less so but it's based like it's an IP movie based on the idea of the IP. Uh, I think there's another one coming out right now. What's your read on this whole thing right now?
1: This feels like it's what happens a year after we had like the TV run on like Tyrannos and WeWork and You're right. Uber. This yep. this just feels like these higher things, but I must I, I really like these movies. But I guess it truly really depends on the style. Air looks very much like exactly my tone. Of like drama, yeah. comedy, actors taking itself seriously but not, and coming up with a story that is engaging and exciting about how they signed someone to a deal shoe to a shoe deal, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm 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 excited.
0: I am not opposed to seeing any of them. I want to see Glenn Howerton in a serious role with a bald cap, sure. Um. Air, air looks like dumb Soderbergh or dumber Sorkin, I guess, <laughs> to me, which is still a vibe and good for a plane. I just really okay. Phil Knight is one of the you know heroes of the Stanford Graduate School of Business, right? Like he founded sure. Nike out of the GSB, and there was always this weird attitude at the GSB about there being, like, certain brands that you should support because they're, like, a Stanford brand. It's like, I don't need to support Nike or DoorDash because they're a Stanford company. And also, okay, yeah, somebody that went to the same school as you founded it X years ago. Like, that doesn't mean... It's not like supporting your friend's startup or hyping your friend's startup. You're hyping Nike, right? So I've always just really rolled my eyes at that attitude. (laughs) And to me, Air specifically just feels, like, weirdly smack in the middle of that so i have all of this like misplaced energy towards air of just okay yes i'll go see the gsb movie i guess even though that's not at all what it is it's completely irrelevant to the film and it should be irrelevant to my perception of it but irrationally that's what i think about
1: i i get it i love air jordans i have four. Like, really? I'm not crazy into those shoes, but I, I really like them. And it might be the marketing getting to me, even before the GSB, but I really find those shoes very visually pleasing. I think they done a great
0: job with it. Hey, I so. I own a pair of... Um, I forget what... The, yeah. I have, own a pair of blazer high tops. Like, I like Nike high tops, too. I just... I... I don't need a business movie. I I read enough business books as as it is, and if I want a business movie, I'd rather watch a Sorkin script where everyone's kind of morally dubious instead of right. Sure, 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 sure. I'm there referring, was, of course, to gray. his business scripts and not his... Um, yeah. Uh, Lucy the
1: Arnezes. What
0: was that movie called? The Ricardos being The Ricardos. See, it's oh, yeah. I still have a question. You don't need to.
1: You never... No, yeah, yeah. It. I guess before I, I before we leave, uh, speaking of movies that are coming have you seen the trailer for Sisu? CISU? C-I-S-U. It's this Finnish movie. Uh, Sony and Lionsgate acquired distribution for the US and now they're calling it from the studios that brought you John Wick even though they're just distributing the Finnish movie. But... uh, Yeah, check it out. I think it's going to ride on John Wick's high. It's like... It's set in Finland during the Second World War and it's like... The story of this Finnish... He used to be a commander. And it truly just looks like... John Wick in the Finnish planes in the 40s. But it's a ton of hand-to-hand combat with knives. And it's coming out next month. And... Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, check it out. I saw,
0: I saw a trailer last night for a movie that... Just truly I had to Google the name because it disappeared from my brain. It's called Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. It's a... It's the new DreamWorks film and just, it feels like, it's one of those DreamWorks projects that feels like they saw concept art for um, Luca and Greenland mm. movie based off of it.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, I, guess I of,
0: can't tell you to go watch yeah. it, but it just seems very, uh, it was just like, wow, DreamWorks is back
1: in terms of doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> Unlike Illumination, which I think is going to kick ass with Mario. No, uh, I to too. Yeah. I'm worried that they put all of Mario into the first movie. It seems to have Donkey Kong and Luigi's Mansion and Mario Kart and the original Super Mario and Mario sixty four, everything into one movie. But uh, yeah. Oh, the it's other, little, the other little strange that they put Mario Kart in. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, and then sorry, the other one. I we're going off the coffee. We should truly finish the trailer for Elemental. Came out. I have not watched today. that. I found it I found the animation to be very interesting because I mean it's very much as picture as it gets in terms of the premise and the CD and whatever. But each yeah. element is animated in a slightly different style. So it yeah. looks pretty cool.
0: That's something that while I was watching the t- trailer for the new Teenage Ninja Turtles movie last night before the movie, I was thinking about a lot. It's just Thank you to Sony Pictures for letting your artists Do explore a little bit with art styles stuff. because we're seeing a huge explosion and just things looking cool and different right now. Puss in Boots look great. New Spider-Verse obviously looks great, but this, the Turtles movie looks good. Like We are getting to explore a lot with art style right now, and I'm excited to see that go over to Pixar too, and everything's not
1: like a photorealistic toy. <laughs> yeah realistic toy that's great okay that was an interesting five minutes to end the episode but let's get out of here before we talk for 21 minutes about trailers that we saw Carl pleasure yeah, the, as always the pleasure as
0: always let's uh, try to be less rambly next week but I can't guarantee
1: it <laughs> awesome I'll talk to you next week bye guys